Opa Gundam style, everybody. Welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a podcast about Gundam. That's what this is. I'm Max. Mm-hmm. I use he, him pronouns. And with me, as always, is... I'm Sarah. I use she, her pronouns. Welcome back, Sarah. We're, we're, st- we're, we're in it to win it. Thanks, Max. I have had a fucking whirlwind of a week. Can I yeah, talk I'm, about my week? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm putting the, the comedy bouquet of reporter microphones up to you right now. So, to start this off... um. I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but um, last week uh, we had a funeral service for a relative of mine. Um, you know, I've done, I've done my mourning. It was a beautiful service. You know, it was lovely. There was a lot of people there, which is making me really nervous. But, you know, I have my N95. I was double masking and it's all good. I go to work the next day and uh, I come home and uh, my dad calls me from a wedding he is at to say, hey, by the way, your grandmother, who you were face to face with while she was not wearing a mask a lot last week, she has COVID now. Also, I'm at a wedding. Bye. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I definitely have COVID. And um, I I do my due diligence. I don't have the opportunity to not go to work because I had missed like two weeks of work prior. And it, I, I hate making that decision, but. You know, in you this modern, in it's more, resp- <laughs> I've given more responsibility to these decisions. I've given more thought to these decisions than I feel like a lot of people that I work with, but you know, who's, who can say, um, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll take my rapid test. I'm negative off a rapid. I'll take a PCR as soon as I can on Sunday or Monday. I don't know what it was. Um, get the results on Tuesday, negative COVID test. Cool. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to go hang out with my good friend, Morg. And so I do that. I go to their, I go to their place. I we hang out. I come home. You know, go to bed. Uh, go to class the next day. On my drive home from class around like five ish, my sister calls me crying and is like, "I have COVID." And I'm like, "Fuck!" I also <laughs> definitely again for the second time in like four days. I'm like, "Fuck!" I definitely have COVID. So. I get home, I take my rapid test, I'm negative, thankfully, but then my dad gets home and takes his rapid test, and he is also positive, as is my mother, so I'm like, well, I'm not really gonna stay here, uh, and I, so I scheduled a PCR test for the next morning, and I fucked off to a hotel for the night, um, I also slept in a hotel the next night after I took my PCR test. And um, the thing is, I was kind of Schrodinger's COVID patient there because I have, you know, I, I had multiple friends in the area who are willing to put me up, provided I was negative. But, um, I also, you know, if I was positive, I could have just gone back home and lived in the COVID house because everyone else there has COVID. There's no reason to not. Um, but for the, for the two days where I did not know whether or not I had COVID, I, cause I was negative on a rapid, but like I live with these people. So I was really doubtful of it. Um, I, I was like, well, okay, I kind of really can't do anything. So I just stayed in hotels and then just spent most of my days just like in an independent one-person study room in the library on campus uh, at college, just, you know, doing work, watching... The, I, I watched the episodes of this in one of the rooms. While <laughs> I was, well, I watched the first episode, and then, and then at 4.30 they said, hey, we're closing the library. I know finals is next week, but we are not keeping... We are not running extra hours on Friday. Um, so then I hopped onto a bench out just outside the library on campus <laughs> to watch the rest of the episodes. <laughs> Thankfully, I got a negative test, and I am now over at former host of the show, Morg's house, for the next couple of days, because they are so graciously putting me up. Hi, Morg. Um, and it's just been a really strenuous week, Max. I'll tell you, if I'll, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you've been kind of going through it, but in, in the words of our, our, our beloved friend, Orga Itsuka, the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. 
he, he, yeah, the only way out was through with a negative COVID test. So yeah, yeah, you did it. You're like fucking Goku dodging all of like the COVID particles your family is trying to fling at you. <laughs> right? You're it's fu- genuinely insane the fact that I have not caught COVID at s- somehow yet. Like, I don't get it. I know. I think like all of my family members have gotten it. And I mean, you know, admittedly, I don't live with them. But just having been around them and everything, it's just like, it's like, damn, Turn turns out. If you're yeah. if you're uh, if you're responsible and careful about yourself and take things seriously, you have a better chance of being fine. What a concept! Yeah, just just phenomenal. Great, oh, great stuff, it's, everyone. It's I I'm I'm glad that I was negative for a number of reasons, and this is not the most prominent reason, but a large reason I'm glad I was negative is that it like was anecdotal proof of like, hey, this worked. Like obviously by by the fact that I had not gotten it until that until now, that was already proof, but like. Everyone in my household but me got it. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit, I'm the only one in this household that's, like, being remotely responsible about this at this point. (laughs) Damn. Like, correlation does not always equal causation. But in this case, that was a pretty pretty strong case for it, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I, um, yeah, I just, I've been, I I slept in a hotel last night, the night before. Perfectly fine. Um, I took a stuffed animal Neve gave, when I went to, I had to go back to my house to get, like, a uh, a week or so's worth of clothing yesterday. Um, you know, double mass made it as fast as possible. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I need something for emotional support. And I grabbed the little, uh, stuffed bobcat that Neve gave me. Yay. Uh, yeah. Morg's holding it right now. <laughs> Thank you, Morg. Bobcat. Yeah. She's, she's sitting in front of the, she's sitting in front of the microphone. I'm going to take a picture right now. She's podcasting. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pod- <laughs> podcatting. True. Podcatting. All right. <laughs> we have a very, very, <laughs> a lot, a lot of friends in the studio today. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny. I once um once when Neve was here, I had to record a Wow Cool Robot, and I asked uh, I asked her to just if she could like hang out somewhere not in my room, just because I got the yips about it. Mm-hmm. But like, I've known Morgan for like I well, so we were like what 10, 11 when we met. It's just like <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's fine because they they they've also they've hosted before, so right it's, they know it's, it's they like know what they know the wet <laughs> they know the wet and wild things that get up that we get up to on this yeah podcast. They, they know the, they they know the shit of it <laughs> yeah um. Wait, speaking of wet and wild things, Sarah, I say we start talking about these fun episodes. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, let's begin with Iron-Blooded Orpins. Orpins. Hmm. Orpins. This uh, is how I said Orpins. <laughs> Iron-Blooded Orphans episode 29. The Trigger of Success. As the Aryan Rod fleet joins the fight against Sandoval, Mika, and Julieta butt heads, both trying to capture Sandoval to take credit. With East Ruby's help, Mika ends up capturing him, and in a show of thanks, McMurder gives Tekadon control of Kreese's largest half-metal mine, in which Tekadon find a Gundam frame as well as a larger, more mysterious piece of machinery. Mika and Orga go to visit Gyozan to make him pay for the damages incurred in their battle with Sandoval, but he refuses repeatedly. In absence of money, Tekadon extracts payment in blood. Gyozan is killed, and all Terra Liberionis members are detained. Finally, Orga and Mika travel to Ares, Gjallarhorn's Mars base, to meet with McGillis and formally enter a partnership with him to help both of them achieve their goals. I like it. Good, it's good. Good, good episode. Um, I want to say that my first note is that uh, I forgot Julieta's name briefly when I started recording this, and uh-huh. um, my, my very first note is Mika squares up with Befica or whatever her name is. Yeah, Befica Winkle snoot on the on the sticks on the ones <laughs> <Yeah>. and twos. <laughs> it's, it's just absolutely di- cracked. Absolutely cracked. Gundam pilot <laughs> Befica Wimbleshins. Yeah, it's because she has Mean Girl energy. That's how right, she this, does it. This this cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a cheerleader, but she's also weird because she did eat a bug last episode. 
<laughs> she had a butterfly. Well, actually, shit. That does that does really kind of make her like Befica, huh? Yeah. She did kind of eat a bug snack. She ate a bug snack. <laughs> kind of um, bug and kind of snack. I, I don't know if it like first pops up in this episode, but I think there's some really good like theme stuff that really hits. This might be this might be coming up in the second episode, but um. Like, I, I think that, like, in the first, the first like, batch of three episodes that we watched, like, Orga talked about, like, doing this, like, the hard and fast way, and then, like, there's a lot of themes in these episodes about, like, you know, there's, like, you know, faster is not always the right way. Like, Makanai advises, I think this, I'm talking about the separate episode, second episode at this point, but, like, Makanai advises Kudelia, something that's, like, you know, going, going, rushing things will never go well, and then, like, in the third episode, someone mentions that, like, the Earth, the, the Lazarus pits for healing on Earth are, they go slower than the ones that they could get on Mars, but they're going to have a better healing as a result. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's like cooking. It's like, you want to, you want to go low and slow if you're making a nice roast. Mm-hmm. It's all... I, I've been, I've been cooking my, I've been, I've been, I've been cooking this ham at five degrees for the last three months. Yeah. <laughs> In two years' time, this is going to be the best ham sandwich I ever did have. Oh, God, just absolutely glorping off the bone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, before we... I also want to note that there's, like... Mm. I I don't know if this is, like, a new battle theme. I'm I'm sure this is a new battle theme. I don't know if it's, like, new this episode or just new this season, but I do want to call it out because there's a a theme that kicks in when, when, like... Because there's, like, a three-way, like... There's, like, three different things going on right here, which is that, like, Tekadon wants to dispatch uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, the Iron Rod fleet wants to, like, capture Tekadon, but the Horizon Zero Dawn is, like, getting in their way, and, like, the... Just, like, during this fight, there's, like, this really, really cool battle theme that kicks in that is not the... the yeah, um, I, it might be Crescent Moon. So season two, from what I understand, has a completely like different soundtrack from season mm-hmm. one. Like it's totally unique. I don't think anything is reused. I don't know if we ever even hear like the main IBO theme, like the da 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 we da, do, da da da. We do we hear do? motif. We do hear like we do hear it as a late motif. Like there are okay. there has definitely been like orc. Like I, I think in like the scene where where Chad goes to the where Chad goes into the the Arbrow building and yeah. there's like everyone talking. You can hear like the. Okay, yeah. So it, it shows up in ways. Um, if the song, if the song that plays in the fight, it's like the um, it might be that. Yeah. So that's called Crescent Moon. That's actually what I use as the credits music because they're like it's like the main battle theme of season two. It's quite good. Season two is like, I mean, both seasons have really great soundtracks. They're like equally good. So I like they like just completely change it up and have different sounds. It's good. Um. The whole fight's fine, right? Like, you know, uh, Mika and Juliet are butting heads and they're both trying to... It's like they're comedy tripping each other trying to capture Sandoval pretty much. Right. Um, they... It's like... It's... It's 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 all, it's like all three stooges, like, rushing to find a, do- yeah. a dollar on the floor and they all, like, clonk their heads together like coconuts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we see a cool move Julieta does where, like, two of, um... The, the two goons Sandoval has in their Hugo is, like, shoot wires and capture and they just, like armor purges does like some silver chariot type shit and like flies away yeah Juliet is like fuck it i'm just gonna rock all three of these clowns yeah and the entire time they're fighting eok is in a different uh regan lays far off trying to snipe and he's just complete dog shit at it eok just, is so bad at everything i i i am told that he sucks i am patiently waiting for when he because like 
as a soldier, he is not very effective, but he, I quite like him and his like his feeble power his feeble power struggles with Julieta, who just like outclasses him in every direction. Yeah. Like it's funny. At, at one point as he's shooting at Mika, Mika talks to himself and says, like if if I stopped moving, he'd have or I, I if I dodged his attacks, he'd have a better chance of hitting me. <laughs> yeah. Com- complete fail son Eok is right now. Um and eventually Mika does like take out Sandoval because like Izuki flies in and kind of like tackles Juliet out of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sandoval just like surrenders. Like he doesn't get killed or anything. He just kind of like pops out of his suit because Mika has him like pinned down, just like just fucking going just, ape like, shit. Bashing I mean, him with he's like dual wielding, he's like bonk, 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 bonk. Yeah, he's doing he's like Tycho drum mastering. He's fucking he's his fucking suit right G- now. He's fucking uh, uh G Max drum beating. Yeah. <laughs> Or He's on that Rillaboom shit. G-Max is called. What, what's what's Rillaboom's G-Max called? It's called. Dro- oh god, I gotta find G-Max this out drum solo. Yes, it's G-Max drum solo. There we go. Yeah, I'm I'm confusing that with a uh, jungle healing or no? I'm, what am I Ju- jungle healing is Zarude's move. Yeah. Yes. What's Dif- different grass monkey? What's Rillaboom's drum monkey move? That's not G-Max. It's um, Rillaboom's drum monkey move that's not G-Max. Gory. Oh man, his, his Japanese name is Gory Rander. Uh, it is drum beating. Drum just beating, kind of like a yes. weirdly okay. translated. Yeah, it's a good move though. Lower his speed, hundred percent. Nasty. Not bad. Not bad. What's it? What's it like? Seventy BP. Eighty. Ooh. Yeah, pretty I guess good, pretty good. Yeah, that's really high base power for a move that lowers speed. Because like, what, what's the what? What is it? What is like icy wind? Icy wind is like what? It's like fifty-five. Fifty-five. Yeah. And uh, what what is it? Uh, then Reggie, like he gets Electroweb. That slows, right? Electroweb is also fifty five, I believe. But yeah, that slows yeah. as well. That's good what? in doubles, though. <laughs> which is re- which is really funny because like I, I know it's I know it's really good in doubles, but like just looking at Aleki as a singles Pokemon, just like yeah, you definitely really need Aleki to be even. You definitely need to widen the gulf between Aleki and whatever the yeah. fuck he's up against that much more. <laughs> you can't catch me. <laughs> He's on that rock leash shit. He's too fast. It's, it's like it's like putting a it's like putting a ten pound dumbbell on a turtle and being like, ah, catch me now, idiot!" And yeah. running away. <laughs> Jokes on you. You you just Goku'd that turtle. <laughs> you you take the, that weight off and you're done. It's the it's like the it's the thought experiment. It's like, would you would you take a billion dollars if like a billion dollars was also given to a snail that just wanted to crawl to, just wanted to crawl towards you at all times, and if it touched you, you die. Yeah. You are making that for yourself without the billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard mode. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they, we capture Sandoval. Hip, hip, hooray. The day is saved. Tekadon did it. Uh, the next important scene is we kind of cut over to the um, Tewa's base. Uh, McMurder is talking to both Nase and Jassley. Uh, and Nase is like, these kids are great. And Jassley is like, these kids fucking suck. Why are we giving them rewards for this? Everyone hates Tekadon. Apparently not everyone though, because McMurdo informs everyone that uh, they got a reputation. Actually, they're not gonna. No one's gonna fucking go on a mine with a Tekadon flag on it. No one's yeah. gonna. Surely no one would uh, utilize. Surely no one would uh, hurt Tekadon or utilize them to malevolent ends. Yeah, no one. No one would ever dream of this. It's very funny that like, because like their reputation, they're not really like these tactical masterminds. Everyone just knows them as the kids who aren't afraid to die. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> Yeah, good, 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 good stuff, boys. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's putting them in charge of. He's getting a new half metal mine, the largest one in Crease, and he's putting Tekadon in charge of security there. So it's like they get the profits, you know, part of the profits from that, and they also just get more jobs to to guard this place. And 
uh, Jasley hates it, but Naze is like, oh, it's good. But eventually, um, he, he he's... Or, I'm sorry. So it's like that scene ends. And then we see Naze. He's talking to Amida, who's like staring we, at a koi uh, first pond. Amida, first Amida sighting of the season. Uh, yeah. Happy to see her. Doesn't have a new outfit or anything, but it's, she's still Amida, so she's like one of the Listen, listen. Uh, uh, listen, if I had anything that fit, that looked as good on me as that like red, as that red top and her pants did, like I would not wear anything else ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would just be, I would just be fucking dugging it with like a closet full of that. Just yeah. only that. <laughs> exactly. The exact same outfit. This is what, that, this, outfit. Is what this is what I'll look like after I get my top surgery. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna call. They're calling me the white Amida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Naze talks to Amida, and he's kind of like worried that Tekadon is maybe getting a little Sli- too successful. Yeah. Slipping. I'm slipping a tenor under my head. <laughs> slipping a tenor to my surgeon to ask them to give me a cool cosmetic scar like Amida's got over yeah. the titties. <laughs> It's like when you go when you go to get a haircut, you have a photo of what you know what you want to look like, and you just like sh- sh- show you. You pull out like the fucking Iron Blooded Orphans Blu-ray and point to Amida on the cover like that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Naze's worried about Tekadon, right? Because yeah. you know he's happy they're getting success, but they're getting success and they're getting too much success, and like they haven't really been shown that they can deal well with like being sabotaged. Like, all they mm-hmm. do is just brute force their problems away. So if someone, oh, I don't know, maybe had, like, a really devious, conniving, tactical mind, they would have a lot more trouble dealing with that. Just yeah. just an example I pulled out of nowhere. Just just something that he... I did not even connect that dot until right now. Is is not, Did Naze fucking pull all these strings? No, he's just really good at, like, realizing what the kids are bad at. <laughs> and just, per, just in time for the narrative to be like, oh, well, too... Oh, watch out! Uh oh. Yeah, you read the script. Yeah, because like the thing that we, the thing that we, the thing that happens in this episode is like we really, unless I've completely misunderstood, we really don't know like who is really pulling these strings, right? Like, like I mean, we know, we know, we know that like Radisha and uh, uh, Gallon. Gallon are like we yeah. know that they are very heavily involved, but like. I, I know that Gallon work I know that Radisha works for Tewaz, but I don't know why Tewaz would sabotage mm-hmm. their own shit. Uh, Radisha. It's certainly possible that there's people higher up in the chain of command that won Tekadon gone. That's true. Yeah. Radisha. Yeah, because we went we saw uh what's Jazly? We saw Jazly being like these kids fucking suck. I hate these guys. Mm-hmm. Shit ass yeah. kids. Yeah, these fucking these fucking loser teens. These toddlers. Honestly, that's how I feel about high schoolers nowadays, so yeah, yep. not too far off. Um, so we see, let's see, we, we, there is some Gjallarhorn guy. This is like a quick scene of Isarugi kind of like putting this guy in charge of Gjallarhorn Mars. And we just know that like he's a Megillus supporter. He's part of the Megillus faction. So he's going to be working more closely with Tekadon now. It's like this hashtag nice Megillus, little... Hashtag Megillus sweep. <laughs> hashtag I'm with him. <laughs> um, and basically... <laughs> You know, it's just an interesting flip of, like, Gjallarhorn is now siding with Tekadon instead of being opposed to them. Yeah, it is. You know, it's almost like having people who are your friends with in power. You can get you can get these kind of, like, corrupt dealings and be friends with them when you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Huh. I, think it, I think it might be saying something about the society we live in. It's really hard to say. But it probably isn't. Probably nothing. Yeah. Um, and then we see Hush... In the, we're in the uh, mess hall, I think, at Tekadon Mars. Mm-hmm. Hush is here, and he goes to Mika, and he tells him that he wants to pilot a suit. And <laughs> Mika asks him why he wants to pilot the suit. And Hush, very honestly, just says, I want to become tougher than you are. And Mika's like, all right, hell yeah, I'm going to talk to the boss about this. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you in a suit one day, buddy boy. 
It's great. Um, and then uh, uh, we cut to the guy who hired. I, I keep forgetting what their name is because I can only think of Horizon Zero Dawn. What is the name of the? What is the name of the Dawn Horizon? Pirate? Dawn Horizon. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, they really fucked me on that one. With that name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you went gamer mode too much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the guy, the uh, uh Dawn Horizon, Terra Liberionis guy is. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he on. He's, He's 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 just talking to he's just talking to someone on the phone. He's like, "Oh fuck! I sure hope nobody finds out that was me." And then yeah, <laughs> he's trying to call. He's trying to call uh, uh, Noblis, who's just yeah. like tossed him aside. He has no need for him anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Orga and Mika show up, uh, looking like just fucking. I mean, again, there's the show about joining and becoming the Yakuza. Uh, Orga knows that Gyozan basically is the one who called Don Horizon on Kudelia. Uh, Gyozan just says a bunch of words. He just says some fancy shit and to try them, like, throw him off his trail. Yeah. And Orga, Orga hands him, like, th- one of those iPads that has, like, the fucking receipts for the damages that they incurred yeah. fighting Dawn Horizon. Th- this, 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 I, literally in my notes, I say, like, we see, we see Mika fishing in his, his sling where he keep, where he holds his, you know, his arm that doesn't work. We uh-huh. see him, like, fishing for, like, a Mars palm in there. And my notes literally say, I thought he was going for his gun on that one. <laughs> no, honestly, when I saw that, too, I was like, I was like, I know what happens in the scene. Is he going to pull it out now? Oh, no, he's having his yummy snack. Yeah. But, um, of, of course, Kyozan refuses to pay. He still says he has nothing to do with it. He can't pay. Um, and then he pulls out the gun from his sling. Yeah. We, we hear, like, the sound of the Mars palms hitting, a bunch of Mars palms, like, hitting the floor, mm-hmm. which is really funny that inside, inside this sling, there is Mika's arm, his gun, and a bunch of yummy, and a bunch of yummy prunes. You know that fucking, um, you know that subreddit, Everyday Carry, of just, like, yes. what do you have in your pockets? And people, like, you know, have it all, like, gritted out, all, all fancy. <laughs> Mika's just a pile of prunes in a fucking nine mil. Yeah, uh, there's um there's a video there's a vine that my friend made uh god this would have been like six or seven years ago and they're just like going through things in their backpack you know and it's like you know i got everyday things on here i got my notebook i got my pen and they put like a like a a, a fucking big boss figure like solid snake big boss action yeah figure. they're like you know big boss and put it there. <laughs> because like you know i got my got my arm day uh mars palms gun <laughs> what more could you need? Big boss. <laughs> Big boss. It's just, it's an orga figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep the, gotta keep him on me at all. It's the it's the fucking toilet post of like Mika and Lina McDonald's. And he's like, yeah. oh, can, I a, can I get a Big Mac? And he's they're like, orga, uh, what should I do? <laughs> get the fries. You'll need the strength. <laughs> get the meal. You'll need the fries. Will give you the strength only in the coming days. <laughs> <laughs> orga, what should I do? I. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he so yeah, fucking they, blasts this guy. Just oh yeah, he's like four or five shots. Like this guy is done for. He tried to call Gallarhorn on them, but of course Gallarhorn's like yeah. He he walks over to his he walks over to his phone and like very badly like he like tries to like you know cover his mouth and talk quietly. He's like, hey, did you call Gallarhorn? And they don't. They they Gallarhorn has nothing to do with this. They're like, oh, this is a private matter. Of course, yeah. you know they're not going to bust Tekadon. They're buddies now, so. He's dead. We we learned that all uh, Terra Liberionis. Uh, uh, Orga, Orga hits him with a Orga hits him with a hard ass line before he goes, which is like we we lost we lost we lost people doing this. If you don't have the money, you can go straight to heaven and apologize to them. Which I like the idea that or I like Orga insinuating this guy's going to heaven. Yeah. Well, in in this in this world, the, the concept of hell doesn't exist. It's just okay. the one place. <laughs> you go to one place after you die, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after life, you get one. You get one. <laughs> it's, it's, 
<laughs> we had a cute uh, little Cordelia Atra scene. I just, I'm always happy to see these two. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, they just talk about things they like about Mika. Yeah, like, because I, I think Atra asked Cordelia if she's going home, and Cordelia's like, oh, I'm going back to the office. And she asked why, you know, she's not seeing her parents. Um, and she's basically, based, you know, she's like, you know, why sleep in the office? You know, she has too much work to do. She has too much to, like, work for, and she can't afford to, like, get distracted. And she, like, you know, no, really nose to the grindstone on that. And Atra is, you know, this key moment where Atra's like, oh, yeah, Mika's the same way. Like, the last year, he's been, like, coming to the farm as much as he can to learn how to do this. Like, he's, you know, his nose is to the grindstone, too. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I like that Mika is, like, trying to grow crops I, I, I even like though the, they're I li- failed I like, crops. I like the line that Atra says, where, or I can't remember if it's Atra or Crudeli, but one of them says that uh, Mika only works hard on things that interest him, which, I mean, I, relatable. Neurodivergent king. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also have that, but I don't know if it's my ADHD or my autisms that do it, so it's... Mm-hmm. It's 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 the new type in you. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so afterwards, and like the whole time, I was like, "Shit, I hope Cudelia doesn't learn that they killed this guy that you know sicked an entire military organization on her." And she knows, and she's like largely fine with it. She reacts no differently than how she reacted in season one. Yeah, because you see, um, Kukubita is that her name? Yes. Yeah, we see her. Also, uh, speaking of Kukubita, I need to recant mm. something that I said last episode. Um, last episode I said that Yukinojo was better about the fucking awful ass anime lips they give black people. It's not. It's not. It's my not. memory failed. My memory failed me. He also has the fucking that that dog shit. And it's just season two. I don't know if they changed like part of the art team or what, but yeah, it's yeah. just what. What are we doing here, folks? It's like why we don't need it. Get this don't shit do out of it. Here. Fucking, fucking toss this. Come on, toss this shit. Yeah. Um. Naze and Amida Naze and Amida show the Tekadon kids the place where the mine will be and Ryder's is like this place has zero swag absolutely dripless what the fuck yeah there's there's nothing I don't there's no cool fucking like mining zombies here I can't collect ore from the walls this place fucking sucks uh, and Naze just like talks to him he's like well it's a mine so you know in, in five or ten or decades from now you'll have some cool stuff kid Mm-hmm. It's an investment, uh, and in, it's it's an investment Sell, in your future. Selling kids, selling kids who don't know if they're going to live to see tomorrow on a promise from five years from now is yeah. objectively very <laughs> funny. Well, well, ride. You can have one M M&M and M now, or if you wait five years, you might have more. You might not. Buy- you probably won't, but you might <laughs> buy a bushel of M and M's. Plant them. In six months, you will harvest ten thousand M and M's. Plant them. Repeat. Repeat. Profit. Exactly. Here, right. Here's a bag of ten thousand bells and a golden shovel. Go nuts. <laughs> uh, at this point, Dexter shows up. He's still yeah, I, 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 my, my notes say, "Guy in a construction hat rolls up." Oh, it's Dexter, my friend Dexter. It's Dexter. It's, it's our friend Dexter Calculator. Dexter, Dexter Calculator. I, I like that he's wearing a hard hat, even though there's like literally nothing. Literally happening. nothing above them. I know. Safety first. It's such a funny little like I. Dexter is barely a character in this, but these are funny little like character. He he gets like really funny little character moments like that. Like, um, I'm thinking back to like the this would have been like the first or second batch of episodes we watched where he was the one who was like, uh, I would like to go home actually, and yeah. they're like, Oh, you got to stay. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know money good. Sorry, spread. Sorry, spread sheets guy but you can't quit <laughs> you're staying with us four eyes <laughs> uh and he's like they hey thought- gundam oh gundam gundam here i wonder gundam i here. wonder which i wonder which of the main characters will pilot this one yeah it's certainly it's not like we have a sort of line of succession of mobile suits who the best pilot is and 
when one character gets a new suit that kind of gets passed down, it's like the fucking, like how hermit crabs line up in the wild to yeah. change out their shells to the next biggest one. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, I'm excited for, uh, I'm excited for this. This will be Shino's then. Yeah. Cause Shino's, ne- Shino's yeah. next in line. It will indeed. This and is, then, this is, I'll, I'll tell you now, this is Gundam Flaros. Flaros. And then, and then Hush gets bumped into the pink suit. Uh, I think Ride gets it actually. Oh, good for Ride. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I forget who I forget who gets the pink suit, but I'm I mean, sure, you I'm just sure, I'm Sarah, sure you know that Gundam's gonna be pink. I'm sure Hush will have a Gundam at some point. I, I this I this I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be very funny. They spend the entire season. Hush is like, I want a pilot mobile suit. He just never gets to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, I really want it. And the, the moral is just like, sometimes you don't get things you want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a happy. It's like, no, sorry, Hush. I this um, is this is not really this is not like a critique. This is just kind of like this is a story that's taking place over twenty five episodes. So this is not really a critique or a complaint. I'm just like I'm excited to get more of Hush because like I feel like I feel like we have not got we have we have had a little bit of him, but I feel like I don't really know very much about him, and I'm excited for him to be like in the mix more. Yeah. We're still at the point when when he shows up, he kind of hammers home that one personality trait until we get to yeah. see him actually do things. Yeah, and I, I'm noticing that's kind of like a, a running thing with the characters in this. Like, you know, Orga was saying the only way out is through a whole hell of a lot, and like Kudalia being like, "Oh, the, all the blood on my hands," and then she like that. We we got that about her character, and I was it's they 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 stopped talking about that to a point that like when Kudalia brought up the you know blood on her hands from the ki- from the uh, killing of Gyojin Gyojin Gyojin. Gyojin. Yeah. The killing of Gyojin was just like, oh, I made them kill again. And like when that happened, I was like, 12 episodes ago, I would have been mad about this, but I actually like this now that she's like still just like thinking of, like like that Kudelia still has these roots that she still does like care about like the the person on the ground, the individual, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Good television um, program to me. We like we like the it. Uh, and, and also after we look at this cool Gundam frame, Dexter's like, we don't see anything, but Dexter's like, yeah, we found some over across the way, too big to be a mobile suit, uh, is probably nothing. I don't think, I don't think Chekhov's going to be involved in this transaction, perhaps, but we know there is something large in the mine. (laughs) There's something large and pointing in the mine. (laughs) Uh, and lastly, uh, we, we, we learned that Orga and Mika and Meribit have gone to space. They're going to Ares, uh, which we know is the Galahorn base on Mars. Big Blue. F- yeah, Big Blue. And they're finally meeting. Well, no, is, well, no, is that Big, Big Blue? Is Big Blue a different place? Yeah, Big Blue no, is Big, a Big Blue is the Vingolf. That's the one on Earth. This, the Ares yes, is just yes. like, it's like the orbital station. Um, but it's Orga, Mika, and Meribit. And they go to meet with McGillis face-to-face for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, there's, a re- there's a really, like, strong tension in this scene. Oh, yeah. Like and like McGill McGillis even calls it attention to it kind of by just telling Orga like, Hey, I wish you wouldn't be so tense and Orga's like and like <clears throat> like even aside from that, there is just like a really thick tension to the scene that I really do like. Yeah, I mean, because like the whole thing is like they've met him before, but they haven't met him unmasked. Like so this is the first time really that they're like seeing like actual face to face, not face to mask. And McGillis is like kind of laying it bare. You know, he basically says, like, you know, hey, Rustle sucks. I need your help to get more of a foothold. Take over his shit. Will you join me? And Orga says yes, of course. Mm-hmm. And they shake Which hands is, and they do a brother check in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that I referenced that image on this podcast so much. It's just the funniest thing in the world. Oh, it's fun. It's good shit. Oh, <sighs> that's it. That's episode. Yeah. Uh, next episode.
Inauguration of the Arbrow Defense Forces. As Tekadon gears up to get sworn in as an arm of Arbrow and prepares to ship the Shidans to Earth, there's something afoot. Some grander political powers attempt to assassinate Makanai, injuring our dearly beloved friend Chad Chadden in the process, forcing the SAU and Arbrow blocks into a conflict. During this ongoing conflict, the Tekadon troops are growing dis increasingly disquieted with Radisha. The, the man from Tewa is acting as their liaison to the Tekadon troops back on Mars, and with good reason, as he's lying through his teeth to both sides to foster this conflict. At the end, we meet Galen, a perfectly normal and trustworthy guy who will be helping Tekadon, who is also very good friends with Radisha. Yeah. Troubling. Yep. Our, our boy Chad Chad. <laughs> our boy Chad. Chad's not doing so well. Also, I, we finally heard, at least in the sub, or the dub, we hear his last name, and apparently it's Chad Chaden. Chad Chaden. I'm going to keep saying Chad Chaden because double Chad's quite fun. Yeah. Personally. Um, there's a weird thing that happens. Like, we're, we're like, Makanai calls him by his name and Chad's like, oh, my name. And then that makes him notice the flowers. I still don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Yeah, that, that was a little strange. Um, maybe that, maybe that will become clear in the next set of episodes that like, oh, that was like, that was something. There was no, like, Makanai shouldn't have known his name. He hadn't met him yet or something. Well, I, well, it was, in that scene, he, he calls Chad, and then, like, one of his assistants walks in the room and is like, hey, what's that flower pot doing there? I thought we checked everything. That wasn't here before. And that's when Chad does get down, Mr. President. Yeah. It, it was it was weird. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it, it's also the fact that it, like, started comedy beeping as soon as people noticed it, too. Yeah. Like, that whole thing. <laughs> that, was, that's always really fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, we know it's a bomb now. Oh, shit. Oh, Killer Queen already touched this flower pot. <laughs> That's a fuck. It was a powerful fucking explosive device to get crammed into a, a flower pot. Yeah, and Chad is fine because he. I mean, he's 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 unconscious. He's been unconscious for like a week, but he's fine. He, he's unconscious for like a month. Yeah, fucking Chad. Oof. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because like the fighting. Yeah. And again, and and not to get really, way ahead of ourselves, but like another good believable time skip. They're just like, hey, this is what happened, by the way. Yeah. No, there's a lot of really good like little minor time skips where it's like, okay, something happens, and then we just like. Like, cuts to three days later. And this is, like, um... You know what this is? This You know what this is reminding me of? Mm. It's reminding me of the way that K.A. Applegate writes in Animorphs, where, like, yeah. a scene will reach its natural conclusion, and instead of having, like, a wind-down, where it's like, okay, this is what happened, just, like, the chapter ends, cut to the next chapter, something else is happening, and it's probably something worse, also. And, Tremendous. like, it's a really, like, good... It's a really good, like, escalation, because, like, you don't really get that, like, come down where it's, like, okay, something really... Something, you know, someone almost got stuck in a morph, or, like, someone almost died or something. And, like, you don't really get that come down of, like, okay, everyone's, like, breathing fine, they're good, they're okay, everything's okay, because they don't really get that downtime. And I think it's a really nice, like, um... Little narrative assonance is not the right word because I know that word implies like a sort of like interaction on the on the on like an interaction on my behalf as an audience member. But I'm kind right. of po I'm kind of poking at that because it's like there is really no downtime for these guys. Like everyone is fucking exhausted, and like you you get like you know the height you you climb the the tower, you reach the climax, and then you start to go down a little bit. Nope, you don't. You just climb another climb another thing and reach the climax. Oh, Nope, climb another one, and I just really like the way that the, all these little, like, time skips are sandwiched together like that, because it's, like, it just yeah. really gives, like, a go-go-go kind of feeling to it, and it's just, like, it really is, like, not exhausting, but really, like, I, I think it really does a good job of, like, getting, I think it does a good job of keeping the action going steady and also kind of getting us in the heads of the characters of, like, yes. things are just not stopping. Yeah, it's like the characters don't get a break. It's like when people, I don't know if you do this, if I do this, whenever like a scene takes place underwater, 
I always will hold my breath. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's out of empathy or what, but like, it's like that, you know, it like puts you in the shoes of the character. And I feel like it's a very, it, it's a very good narrative device because like, is that, is it, you said it perfectly. Like it, they don't have time to rest. Why should you just like, boom, next scene, go. It's good. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm losing my mind because an ice cream truck just drove by ringing its bell, and I haven't hmm. heard one of those in a minute. Yeah, every once in a while, we get an ice cream truck around, and, like, I don't ever... I haven't carried cash on me in maybe, mm-hmm. like, five years, mm-hmm. but I'm like, damn, I wish I had some. I want some. Yeah, I, want, I, I want a Sonic Pop. Yeah, I, 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 I lo- the, the one of the benefits of working the job that I have is that I take home cash tips now, too, and so I just got, like... I just have cash on me at all times. And like, the thing is, so the way that, the way that I have this worked out in my head is that anytime I get enough money, uh, anytime I get enough cash to consolidate the money that I have into a $20 bill, that is weed money. That is no longer like, that is no longer exchangeable. That is just getting set aside for when I'm going to purchase some marijuana. Um, Oh yeah. But anything, any smaller denomination, like if I got, if I got like, you know, $17 in not $20 bills, I'm like, okay, well I can spend that if I want. I can go, you know, yeah, get, yeah. I, can go get a, I can go get a funny ice <laughs> That's cream. That's fungible. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, what does happen this episode? <laughs> so we start in, Ad, we start in the Admos company and. Right. Um, Cause there's a conversation happening between Kudelia and Makanai where he's like, oh, you should come to this event. It'll be cool. Uh, we're going to swear in, we're going to type Chad, our friend Chad, who's been, a, who's definitely been a character up to this point. Like, yeah, I just, I don't want to sound like I'm whining about the fact that Chad is a character now because like, I'm glad that he is. I just, um, I wish that we'd had more of him aside from him just like appearing on screen pretty much up until this point. It's it's like wh- what I think it is is and maybe I might be giving too much credit to the writers here, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Tekadon didn't really like <sighs> what Tekadon did was just fight 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 fight. Yeah, and Chad they didn't really do have that. Mu- Yeah, they didn't really have much of like an actual like sort of like hierarchical organization like right, they do in so, season two and so much of the fighting was also dedicated to like like mobile suit on mobile suit so anyone uh, aside from like some rare instances like mobile workers were not anyone riding a mobile worker was like chad was not in a mobile worker he was on the bridge but um like this also extends to like i don't know characters like dante for example who was not in a mobile suit until very recently i don't think like i think he's in one of the sheet ends or something in the yeah first he, he's like training he's like mobile suit training in the beginning of season two yeah and yeah i think you're right about I think you are right about that. I just, I wish they had, I, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of this guy before he gets his big day out. And then it's like the fucking, you've seen John Boyce's 24 video, right? Yes. Um, it's like Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> just, just Chad walks into, into this, into Machinai's office wearing a shirt that says Chad on it. Just gets exploded. <laughs> God, fuck. We gotta watch the John Boys 24 video tonight. I've seen it a billion times, but it never gets so old. So fucking good. Never gets old. John, I'm so glad John Boys learned how to balance audio, though, because holy fuck, that video is bad. It's rough. A little, a little rough. Um, so, and, and also, this conversation that Mach and I have with Kadeli is what we were talking about before. We're just be like, hey, take your time. Don't rest yeah. things, because if you do, he things say, will he be says, bad. He says, choose the shortest way, and you will surely pay for it later. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know why I went to Soul Caliber like a like guy voice for that. Like you know, he's just circling the the arena. It's like choose the shortest way, and you will the stage of history later. <laughs> the stage of yeah. history is set. Well, it's like fucking Machinai telling this Gudeli. He should be telling this to Orga. Yeah, Orga needs to hear this every day of his life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, we cut 
from this to like take it on earth branch probably my i i think these episodes have really rocketed aston to being like my favorite new character and i'm like aston is so good in these for for new characters i'm counting anyone that really like like, characters that showed up in season one but really didn't get to do anything until season two i'm also counting as new characters so like you know chad and dante and wider in the running um Uh i love aston so much and I'm He's so good. I'm really going to be sad when either he or Takaki or both of them die in the next episode. Mm, who could say? But yeah, like we, we, we see Chad, he's putting a suit on and, you know, Chad, he's like nervous. He He's specifically he's putting a suit on because he's a Tekadon representative for the sort of inauguration of the Arbrow Defense Force, which Tekadon is like. I guess, like, the founding member of something like yeah, that. Yeah, because, like, like, this, this threw me for a minute until, like, I actually sat down and thought about it, because it's, like, they are now, like, the major arm of the Arbrow Defense Force, but there's also a pre-existing Arbrow Defense Force that, like, gets bundled in with them. Um, the, yeah. The, we, see, we, we see exactly one character who is a pre-existing member of the Arbrow Defense Force, and he gets fucking obliterated at, like, half a second. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like oh that's that's why we need a new one. <laughs> yeah, because because the, these guys are this fucking stupid. Yeah, and and they're talking about Radice as Chad's like playing dress up, and one of them and and, and like at first I think Takaki and Chad are trying to reassure the others that like you know Radice is just trying to look out for us like you know he he's he's older than us he's more wise than us and one of them says or maybe he thinks we're just too dumb to waste his breath on and like the camera cuts to the outside of the door and Radice is there and he says under his breath. You took the words right out of my mouth. This guy fucking sucks. This guy is awful. Also, there's a thing that I didn't think about until right now, which is uh, when who, who's in there with Chad? Is it is it Ride? Is Ride in there with him? I no. Ride is Ride's on Mars still. I think in this room it's Chad, Takaki, Aston, and um. Yeah, Takaki like mentions offhand like, "Oh, Mak and I asked for Chad specifically," which is like. I don't know what is that is that is that pointing at something or is this just a small detail I'm getting hung up on that is like is this pointing at something or am I barking up a tree that doesn't exist here? No, I, I it's it's I think it's just it's just nothing. I think okay. it's just a, a Okay. how I'm just saying, how does Mak and I know who Chad is? Cuz like Chad yeah, like, was just like on the bridge of the Isaribi for 99% of season 1. Yeah, I, I think it's just like Orga's like, all right, Chad, you're in charge of Earth now. And Makana's like, all right, I know a guy named Chad is in charge of Earth now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah. But later on, uh, as Asin and Takaki are walking home, uh, Asin's like, Chad looked really good in that suit. Asin is... Asin's very good in these episodes. Little homie, little homie gay ass. Little homie gay. But like, it's just like, it's, it's like this very... It, it it feels like Aston's like figuring it out for himself too, in like the way he talks about like Chad and Takaki especially. Yeah. Um, and because like we you know we we know that Aston and Takaki like spend you know like all their evenings together having dinner, and Takaki invites Aston over, and Aston declines. He doesn't want to make Fuka fuss over him because Fuka has school and everything. But like you can tell Takaki is like really really sad that Aston won't be over for dinner that night. Yeah. It's it's both ways. I, I think they might love each other. I like Fuka a lot. Fuka's so good. I love Fuka. She's like a kid character who's not like extremely big brother, big brother, you know? Like she very yeah. much is her own character. She she is like self-sustaining without being unbelievably precocious. Yeah, yes. Like this like this it. like she is very believably like child who has grown up who like very believably child who has managed to grow up quasi okay parentless. Like if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. child who has managed to become somewhat self-sufficient. Like, she is definitely, like, more adult than than kids her age who, like, had, you know, p- 
parents to take care of them and weren't just having to, like, cook their own dinners every night and stuff, for example. Yeah. But, like, I, she is also not, like, unbelievably precocious, which I, I it's, it hits a good balance for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, mature for her age or whatever. I like She's, her. like, what, she's nine? Nice. Maybe? She, she, yeah, she's baby. She's baby. She's um, doing some fucking. She's doing some fucking graphing and shit in 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 for her math yeah. classes though. She's like she's, yeah, she's mapping. Like, she's mapping functions. She's ma- <laughs> asking she's on asking that Cartesian ask, plane. asking Fuka to explain to me what the continuity of a function means. Yeah, Fuka, you're ten years old. Can you please tell me what a derivative is? <laughs> Fuka, you're uh, ten years old. Define to me a topology, please. Yeah, <laughs> Fuka, what is the subspace topology? You have ten seconds. <laughs> And, and and she will get it right. Yeah, she will. Uh, I, she she absolutely knows that a subspace topology is that for any subset y on a, on the space x that has a topology, the subspace topology is any set that is open in x intersected with uh intersected with wait fuck fuck I forgot the definition. God damn it! I I'm, I'm, I'm Kermit nodding. Yeah. Oh god, I forgot this definition. I got an exam in a couple of days for this one. Oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'll study. It's fine. That definition. That definition's in there. I just got to refresh myself. Good to know the weaknesses. Uh. So we, we cut to Mars from this scene. It's just, you know, a nice scene of Fuka telling Takaki that she loves being on Earth because she can yeah. spend time with Aston and him. Every it's day bad. has been fun since we came to Earth. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're, we're back on Mars and like we're getting the sheet end frames ready to send to Earth. Uh, Hush is like, oh, can I go? I want to I want to be near the suits. I want to fight. I want to get in a suit and, and fight a big battle. Yeah. Uh, Orga is like going to the mess hall. Like it's like Otter's closing up shop because, you know, it's late in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's like eating cold food, and you know, he's Otter's like, "Are you sure you don't want to reheat that?" And Orga's like, "No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." And Mika walks in, and is like, "He says you deal you with whatever's food? in front of you. If you don't, you can't move forward." And Mika gives him a weathering glance, and then hands in some beetroot and says, "Nutrients." <laughs> he literally says nutrients. <laughs> he does say nutrients is the thing. It's and like Orga's Orga's fucking metaphor makes no sense either because it's like you know whether it's work, a battle, or food, you take what's in front of you, and it's like. Okay, you can take what's in front of you to the microwave, Orga. It's easy. It's not like fighting a notorious space pirate. You put it in for two minutes and you're good. <laughs> they, um, they, they, they should have put sound of all in the microwave. That would have worked. <laughs> Why did they think to do that? <laughs> Classic blunder of Tekadon. <laughs> uh, then we cut from this scene to the... Uh, it's the big old fucking Aryan rod ship. The weird one that's like... I don't even know how to describe this thing. It looks like a drill bit. Okay, almost. you know what? From the head, from the front onwards, it genuinely just looks like, 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 you know that one image of Squidward after he got sat on and his face just smushed. <laughs> yes. You're yeah, it, it, like, it's like it, it looks like someone planted their big fat ass on top of like, like it looks like someone made like a fucking like a traditional space rocket out of clay, a really big one, and then someone with an with a with an with a like with hips that a are very exactly, deep ass. Yeah, a very deep ass. Like I didn't when I noticed it from the side, I was like, oh, that doesn't look like that at all. But from the front on, it really just looks like someone with a fat ass just sat on top of the damn thing. <laughs> Smushed. It's it. a very weird ship. Yeah. Uh, but inside, Eok and Juliet are talking. They're, they're meeting with Rustle. And Rustle basically tells him, yeah, I'm fine losing the, not capturing Sound of All because we're going to go to Earth. We're going to kick ass. Like, we're going to be stepping on McGill's toes for a change. Uh, and he says, like, we'll be helped by that guy. And, like, oh, Rustle has guy. so many that hey, guys in hey, his fucking that, service. Hey, it's that guy. That, and, and you think, is he talking about the mask guy? No, he's talking about a bearded guy instead. Yeah, he's talking about a bearded guy who, at the very start of the game, he freed from a, from a bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's that uh, guy. And then, that guy. 
uh, Julieta fucks off and she finds the masked guy. Mm-hmm. And she basically straight up tells him, hey, Rustle is showing favoritism by choosing you. Like, we don't know who the fuck you are. We just know you're piloting good. And Masked Guy's like, yeah, you're right. And he just says the exact same thing at Julietta. And she's like, damn, got me there, Chief. Yeah, got my ass. <laughs> absolutely blasted. This guy's funny. I can't wait to find out who he is. Yeah, absolutely no way of, t- absolutely no way of knowing. <laughs> Gotta say, though, his gun looks fucking dope. Yeah, it looks sick. It's Once you see, once you know the name and see what it does, it's tremendous. Very, very cool I'm stuff. very excited to hear. I'm very excited to experience the name. Uh, so then we cut back to Earth, I believe. Because uh, it's the ceremony time. Yep. The, uh, the ceremony. <laughs> Chad's a big fun. moment. Uh, yeah, Chad has, Chad has a big moment off screen. <laughs> Get down, Mr. President. Well, no, no, no. We we have like a little, we have like a little uh, Aston. Uh, Aston oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because this is where Takaki tells him the, what the word pride means. Because Aston's like, I'm I'm really happy for him and I want everyone to see him. And uh, Takaki's like, oh, do you mean pride and happiness? And Aston's like, yeah, I mean those words. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said he he saw his homie he saw his homie all gussied up and was like, "Damn, I wanna I wanna show the guy I wanna show the boy to everyone." Yeah, <laughs> I wanna show everyone my man's. Yeah, um, <laughs> the it's cute. Uh, so yeah, Mock and I and Chad have a one on one, and Chad is like, "Uh, ooh, my ooh, those flowers, huh? Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, get down, Mister President." The comedy beep beep beep, like and it, like the screen goes gray and goes into slow motion as yeah, Chad, it's, like, it's, it's 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 fucking great. You know that. If this were a movie, it would like they wouldn't have gotten a slow mo camera, so they would just like chop the frames, and you see like one frame per second. Yes, oh, as I, it's like blurred together I poorly. I love, I quote unquote love when movies do that. I, I genuinely love it, and I also fucking hate it. It's it's such a I, yeah. It feels like a relic of a bygone era, and it also makes me laugh. It I hate it because it like activates my motion sickness, and I'm like oh, but it's also very funny when it happens objectively. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then. No one knows what happens. Like, Aston's freaking out trying to get into the building, but, like, as per Radice's orders, Tekadon is the stand guard outside while Arbrow takes the inside. So, like, he can't get in. No one can really know what's going on. But, like, we cut, we, it, like, moves to a few blocks away at some bar. Yeah, where, where Radisha see... and the man who we learn is named Galen, uh, they're having Galen a conversation. Mosa. They're having a conversation. And uh, they're, uh, Galen is like, oh, this is the signal to begin. Something bigger than a bomb will explode. Um, and I didn't even realize this was Radisha for a second. I just called him a, some two-bit chicken McNobody. I mean, that's what his character design is nothing. He looks like every other character. Like, right. he looks like he, nobody. He looks like someone who would not have a name. Yeah, but he but um, he does say fuck them kids. Yeah, he says fuck them kids. He he says, he calls them animals, and because, like, Galen is like, oh, you're gonna throw the kids you live with into a war? And Radisha's like, oh, these, those are animals. I got allergies. Fuck them. Yeah, very weird metaphor here, but, like, Radice scumbag confirmed. Yeah. L. It's fucking L. Uh, we, we we cut over to Big Blue, Vingolf. Uh, McGillis is there. He's talking to his boys about the bombing in Edmonton. And they think that it was a terrorist bombing against the Defense Force formation. Yeah. It's in like it's just kind of like a lot of weird cutaway scenes of, like, time passing. But, like, it's kind of unclear how much time. But it's just, like, no one knows shit about fuck right now. Yeah. No one knows, and we, we we don't know shit. We don't know too much shit about fuck either at this point. We it's it's a while yeah, we know shit about fuck. Yeah, like we we hear that Chad's been unconscious for three days, uh, but we also critically don't know how much Tekken on Mars knows because fucking Radice is like the communication go between uh, from Earth to Mars, and apparently nobody else is in charge of this channel, and no one can get into, no one can contact Tekken on in any other way. 
<clears throat> yeah. Seems like maybe a poorly thought out process, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and, like, Takaki is very frustrated about this. Like, he's constantly trying to, like, pester Radice. And Radice is like, no, Orga's busy. He says everything's fine. And, like, you know, of course, we learn that he's playing both sides because Tekadon Mars is, like, hearing that Takaki's busy, so they can't talk to him either. It's a whole mess. And they're, like, being played like a fiddle by two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just absolute. I mean, they're kids, you know? They're, yeah, we, we'll give him a pass on yeah, this You're going to pass for getting absolutely fucking goozled by two men. <laughs> they're they're yeah. ju- they're babies and also like who is the mo- who is the oldest person among them because it's like it's Chad right Chad is Chad was easily the oldest among them because like who 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 are the other like upper echelon of ages because there's like you know we got Orga Mika uh, it's like Dane we, Hush um, we don't even know how the fuck old Eugene is Dante Eugene Eugene I consider Eugene the upper crust of like age experience I'm I'm you know I'm combining age and experience here but uh, like. Like Takaki is just like he's just been a he's just been an order follower this entire time. It makes sense that he it, it totally makes sense to me that yeah. he would get duped on this. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. And let's see. So 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 um what what is the next what is the next scene? Um oh yeah, Ridiche ends up telling Takaki that like oh yeah by the way Arbrow's probably gonna point all the blame at Tekadon uh, because you guys were in charge of the outer security. Uh and and like I think the reason why no one's really like butting heads with Radice on this yet is because Radice says Chad put him in charge of communications and Chad's in the hospital right now. So we have to respect his wishes or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. Uh, but critically, we know Chad is fine, which is nice. He didn't yep. die by doing the Mr. President thing, which is nice. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very frustrating series of, it's like uh, two ships in the night type shit. Yeah. It's this, this entire this entire tension between like Tekadon not knowing what's going on, like both sides of both arms of Tekadon not knowing what the fuck is happening is really good. Yeah, like, I like it. Just, it's, it's it's good. It's good media. Just just like designed in a lab for dramatic irony of like just the ultimate dramatic irony because like nobody knows what's going on, but the viewer definitely knows what's going on on both ends here, and it's not good. Yeah, it's like the, it's like it's classic uh, classic drama. Classic drama, and. Uh, eventually, we, we learn that Tekadon Mars decides to send the Sheedan frames, like, to Earth early. Mm-hmm. Basically, because, like, they, they know something is up, right? They don't know what, but they're like, all right, let's just send these things early, because if a fight breaks out, it'll be important for us to have, you know, military might here. Um, we, like, start to kind of hear of a war brewing. Essentially, it's, like, between SAU and Arbrow, and I think SAU is one of the other four economic blocks. Yeah. Like, it, it's war between the economic blocks now. I guess over this, I guess the bombing... It was SAU maybe because they didn't want Machinai? Because I don't, I don't think the bombing was done by what I I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. But I think that like maybe Galen knew the bombing was going to happen, but he didn't orchestrate that. He just knew the SAU was going to attack Arbro and he's using that as an opportunity to like get his grubby little fingers and everything. Yeah. But I don't think like the bombing was specifically them. I think that was just a separate thing they're taking advantage of here. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. the The point is like a war is brewing between SAU and Arbrow, um, and they kind of Tekadon has no choice but to fight it. They they did they, they did not they did not uh, uh, SAU did not have to sink the Lusitania on this one. The, someone else sunk the Lusitania for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Radisha is just not Radisha is not is just not telling these kids hot dick. Um, yeah, he's a fucking and also and also appeals to Takaki's sense of responsibility. It's like, oh, bud, it's it's all in your hands. Animorphs intro theme. Hold on, yeah. hold back the darkness. <laughs> you gotta you gotta take a stand. It's all in your hands. 
It's on your hands. No um, turning back, no backing down. Nowhere to run, no solid ground. <laughs> the only way out is through. The only way out is through, yes. It, it fits. It fits so well. Uh, we also learned Kudeli is heading to Earth, too, because she, you know, obviously she needs to check on Machinai, because Machinai definitely got injured in this bombing, too. She needs to be there. Um, and that night, we see Aston talk, here talking, and they're talking about how, you know, they got to trust their family no matter what. And that includes Radice, because he's part of Tekadon. You hate to see it. Yeah. You hate to see it. It's the fi- that's, the, that's the family. That's the fa- that's that that's the fucking Dom Toretto shit. Mm-hmm. But this this scene also great great stuff here because Aston basically says to Taki like I would do anything for you and Fuka. I would kill and die if I had to for yeah. you too. Yeah. Like, oh oh, oofa doof. And Taki's nice. like, stop fucking talking about that. Shut, shut shut the fuck up. You're not gonna kill. You're not gonna die. Please. Yeah, he, he he gets so mad that like it wakes Fuka up, and she didn't really understand. She didn't hear the conversation, but she's like, "Oh, hi, I'm sleeping. Hello, Fuka, Fuka, sleep." <laughs> I just I I, I, mean, I you know I have the episode up alongside playing silent, just like silently, just so I can scrub through and just like look at things, make sure I got everything in the right order. Uh-huh. Um, Fuka asleep on the couch is the cutest fucking thing in the world. I mean, so she studies so hard, she falls asleep while learning about differentials. <laughs> let me post. Let me post. <laughs> Fuka Fuka's asleep. Yeah, post Fuka. Post Fuka. <laughs> she's just small she, she's neepy she's neepy she's she's small. like as small as jimmy is just literally jimmy sized she's literally small oh yeah. we love fuka uh what uh, happens oh yeah we're back to mcgillis uh sa requested an arbitration which what is an arbitration so basically sau is going to mcgillis and being like hi we're at war Against a newly formed defense force, like, since you're the military, I guess they're allowed to ask for help, and McGillis can't really say no, so, I like, and he has to technically fight against Tekadon, but you kind of see him doing fuck all mm-hmm. until the very end of this whole conflict, but, yeah. like, basically, SAU is borrowing, like, units from Tekadon to bolster their numbers so they're able to fight this war. You mean Arbrow? No, SAU calls McGillis. Oh, you McGillis said you, sorry, like, you, you said you said you just said SAU is borrowing units from Tekadon. Did you mean? Oh, Gil- sorry, SAU is borrowing units, units from, from Gallarhorn. Yes. Okay. I, sorry. I just want to make there's, yes, there's yes, a lot yes. of fa- lot of factions, a lot of borrowing, a lot of puppeteering. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of groups and such. Uh, things are bubbling up from here. Like, and and frustratingly, the Tekadon members heading to Earth. It'll take them three weeks to get there. Mm-hmm. So, what can happen in three weeks? Yeah. Um, I sure hope nobody dies. <laughs> Oh, and then Takaki, the final shot of the episode is Takaki. He go and talk to Radice for like, you know, the fifth time that day, probably. And we see a, a funny bearded man and we get introduced to Galen Mosa. Uh, and he's going to be like essentially like the commander of Tekadon and the defense force during this crisis. Yeah, he seems he seems nice and trustworthy. He seems like a man I would really love to trust. A milt. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> he's he, a milt. he shook Takaki's hand. <laughs> milt. <laughs> Milt. He's a milt. He's a milt. <laughs> That's good shit. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. you know, I, aim to, I, I aim to please. <laughs> um. So that'll that'll bring us to our third episode this week, which is Iron Blood Warfronts episode thirty-one. Silent War. The SAU and Arbra have been in deadlock for two weeks. The entire conflict seems orchestrated well, with neither side coming out on top, and Tekadon are beginning to feel like they're just being dragged along. 
Eventually, Eugene and the others make it to Earth, but Arbrow won't let them land, citing the state of emergency. Eugene resolves to somehow find his own way through it, just like Orga, not realizing Radice and Galen have planned all of this in hopes of destroying both Tekadon and McGillis' reputation. Eventually, McGillis has enough and takes to the field himself, prompting Galen to mobilize Tekadon, telling them the final battle of this war is about to begin. This one is, like, honestly one of the... M it's a very focused episode. I feel like we don't get many cutaways. Yeah, this is like a, this is just the Takahi, uh, uh, Aston like fun time, twenty five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's just it's it's just <laughs> it's the boyas episode. Yeah, because like we're 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 in a battle plane, right? It, this starts like essentially the exact same way that one Edmonton episode started at the end of season one. It's like we've been battling for two weeks. Shit fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah, it really feels like that. And again, it's just like I I like the. The, the the many time skips it just like like these these arcs I, I really enjoyed it the way that they employ them to like make them be able to tell these arcs that take place over a <clears throat> certain amount of time that are just that I I, I guess like, I I'm probably just lauding something that like most Gundam series do because which I'm just lauding because mm -hmm. I have not seen very much of it but I just enjoy them like using it to just like like tell the story of like a month long con a month long conflict and like an episode and an episode and change yeah it's it, it's like you know you only show the most interesting part we don't need the entire thing to get invested in mm -hmm. it uh so we learn like the whole thing really kicked off for real when there's like an sau plane flying around and it flew too close to like there's some arbrow units hidden in the woods and their ahab reactor fuck with the plane yeah and the plane was crashed not, and the plane was not expecting there to be ahab reactors like units yeah. there because it's like oh is the conflict the conflict is all bad bad there <laughs> Eating, eating cereal and hopping in my fucking, uh, I almost said F-150, but no, that's a truck. <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's the stealth like plane? Like F-30. What's the, what's the stealth uh, the, plane that can't fly in the rain and like, it like has the act on the I believe that's the F-35. Yeah, me eating a big bowl of cereal and hopping in my F-35. I will never be, I will never have my comms disrupted by the Ahab wave. F-35 definitely has its like comms disrupted by the Ahab wave, right? It's, it's, it's held together by fucking Glue. Such it's a the most genuinely one of the funniest, like, like genuinely one of the funniest things our country has ever done is build a plane. I know. It's you know what? Honestly, it's praxis to spend that much military money on like military uh, arms on a plane and that can't that does do not fuck. work at all. It, you know, like it, it'd be way funnier if it wasn't my tax dollars going towards this fucking piece of shit. But <laughs> right, it but is like, objectively honestly, completely hysterical. Honestly, I would rather take my tax dollars going to that than them going to like a tank that works or something. Yeah, fucking good point. <laughs> and you can fly in Ace Combat, and it's fun in that at least. So that's another plus. <laughs> good damn Ace Combat, not as realistic as I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world is called strange real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Run, run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's what that's like. What the world of uh, Ace Combat is called? Strange Real. Like, like, do the characters in that world call it Strange Real, or is this like a uh, is this like a narrator voice coming over? Like, this is the world of Strange Real. It is. It, no, I'm. Sorry, it's like the name of the alternate universe it takes place in. Okay. It's still on Earth, and it has countries that have names. But like, the names are also very funny. Like Estovakia and Yuktobania. And Osea and Usia <laughs> and Erusia. The Bobs and Dugnut of of like Asian European <laughs> countries of Asian and European countries. <laughs> this is our ace pilot sleeve McDyke. <laughs> watch out for that! Watch out for that! That real that ace dogfighter on the enemy on the other side. You got you, Dwight Vortigal's a real menace in the skies. <laughs> yeah, I've heard he. <laughs> oh God. Uh, 
Oh yeah, my, my next note is McGillis Poncho mode. <laughs> McGillis Poncho mode. He's just chilling. Like he has a he has a regiment of uh, Gray's Ritters, and they're not in the Carta colors because the Carta colors were teal and red, and his are like blue and yellow. They're just chilling though. Yeah, like he, he's just <laughs> watching the fight. He, he he had to he had to support Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's chilling. McGill- like he doesn't. McGill is posting. McGill is posting like like one of those like really homophobic edits of Putin. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> fucking can't stand him. Uh, he's chilling though. He doesn't want to fight. Like we get the feeling that he's like actively not pressing this because he knows Tekadon's on the other side. So he's like, shit, I should be careful about how I do this. But again, it almost feels like whoever's orchestrating this whole battle knows that McGillis isn't going to go crazy trying to trying to fight so hard because like it's just like very light guerrilla warfare. Yeah, that's what, that's what part. my notes say too. Because it's like there's yeah, this is like this is why no one's won yet because they're not like staking the entire. They're not putting all their war eggs in one basket and having a big fucking knockdown drag out fight in space. Yeah, and they're just they're just they're just they're like slapping each other. No one's doing a co- running no, into the woods. <laughs> no one's doing a co- no one's making like Jim Carrey and Sonic movie and doing a colony drop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> um. So there, there's fighting. Like at one point, I, I think one of the Tekadon members like beefs it, and the, we we see Taki like the next morning or whatever, zipping up a body bag. Um, it's like the twelfth member that they've lost, and Gallon comes and he presses F to pay respects, and he tells the boys it's time to knuckle down. And he like he's like Taki Aston, you guys are the best I have on the field. Like you're more experienced than anyone else. You guys are going to help us win this war. So he's really gassing everyone up. He's really like you know keeping the boys spirits high enough that they'll continue fighting but not to the point where they're gonna like recklessly try and actually like make a difference and do a battle that will like gain them ground right just just intentionally st- creating as a perfect as stalemate as possible and this is when um this is when this is the arbrow guy the one arbrow guy that we see uh because he like uh, uh takaki issues the order to, like takaki gets the order from galen to retreat and takaki's like all right everyone beat cheeks let's get out of here and some arbrow guy charges forward and is like no this is how you win you little shit and then some guys. This is not how you win. And then another guy rolls out and is like, "I'll stop him," and like tries to pull his bubble worker in front of him. And as soon as he does, he gets lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And all right, I'm saluting. I'm saluting you, Lux. Y- yeah, fucking uh, yeah. That Lux was the member. Taking a member that the, the Taki zips up in the body bag. Yeah, yeah, Lux. Uh, and, and the next morning after all that, like. All the Tekadon boys are tired as fuck. Like they're barely sleeping. They're disoriented. They're asking Taki, like, "When is this gonna end?" Uh, Aston just kind of like yells at them. They're like, you know, you're Tekadon members. You gotta be tough. Be you're built for tough. <laughs> yeah, the four- nothing really. <laughs> you're all flying. The, you're all flying the Ford F one fifty. Iron blooded orphans. Are you where instead of instead of mobile workers, they just have the Ford F one fifty? Fuck yeah. Just like, just like Takaki, like, like fucking ghost riding the whip out the sunroof, like just drifting back and forth, controlling it with the Alaya banana system. Uh, the, the, you know that part in the first OP when, um, when the chorus kicks in for the second time and we see like Orga and everyone like skirting left and right on the, on the mobile work. Yeah. As Barbatos lands in. Yeah. Just that, but just that, but F-150. Just drifting F-150. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The, the Gundam's an F four fifty, just a beefier truck. Yeah, it's an F nine hundred. Tony Hawk lands the world's ever first F nine hundred. Oh, that's badass! <laughs> Pulling G's in that bad boy. 
It's fun because it's fun because nine hundred is nine hundred is the least common uh, is the least common multiple of one fifty and one eighty. I think. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm not going to dispute you on yeah, that. Cause, yeah, because yeah, one eighty, three sixty, five forty, seven twenty. Yeah. Uh, skate math. Skate math. Yeah. <laughs> nine hundred. <laughs> Uh, genuinely, genuinely, we, the only like genuinely that is not me do like I can do mental math about of about that difficulty that quickly, but genuinely that was me just counting like the spins in a Tony Hawk game. Yeah, <laughs> like I can yeah. add that math. Like I do regularly do like powers of two. See how far high up in powers of two I can go for fun. But like I'm just counting. Like okay, so Tony Hawk spins one and a half times. <laughs> if Bobbert Burnquist does a do, does one and a half full turns, <laughs> that's a. <laughs> How many points is that worth? <laughs> uh, Takagi gets mad at Gallon for a little bit, or mad about Gallon, because you know Gallon's ordering them around. Takagi's like, "Why the f- why the fuck are we letting him push us around? Like, I'm in charge of Tekadon. Why is he in charge?" Doesn't really do anything about it though. He's just mad. It's just a tough situation to be in. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, rough. It's rough. Uh, we we do get a quick cutaway up to the Aryan Rod Fleet in the in the Squidward Ass Ship. Uh, <laughs> Juliet is talking to <laughs> Juliet is talking to the masked man again. He's just working on a suit, and Juliet is like, "Hey, who's underneath that mask?" And he's like, "I'll I'll never tell." Uh, and, you and, don't and, know and me. She, yeah, she she asks him if he knows McGillis, and he's like, oh, "I'll never tell." But you can tell he's he's a little peeved about hearing that name. Yeah, not like anyone we know is trying to hide their identity and hates him yada 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 possible to say yeah um this battle's continuing right yeah everyone's everyone's telling everyone do chad proudwell's in the hospital i think like it's been going on close to a month by the end of the episode yeah because mcgill specifically says like okay a month is long enough for the stalemate i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna fucking make i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna make i'm gonna make some history i'm gonna you're on ice this shit can you hear my heartbeat Uh, I, I think before that, though, like, Ozzy and Laughter and everyone, um, they're heading to Earth, and they, they, like, they make it to there, and Arbrow is like, hey, you can't land, it's a war zone. Eugene yeah, just, basically has to It's just like, with find- Dort. 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 Yeah, this is just like Dort. Uh, and he just has to find another way to get down to Earth, but he certainly will. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I just want to, you know, I said that I said no one is doing a Jim Carrey colony drop, but um, <laughs> I think it would be really funny if one just dropped the Isaribi on this uh, Balfour plane. <laughs> just like fucking plonk, just like fucking plonk that thing down like a kid dropping a, a Lego, just like a, a kid dropping their cool, their cool new uh, uh, spaceship into the middle of a, like, <laughs> into the middle of a Dungeons and Dragons game that their older brother is playing. Yeah. It's like it's like Watchmen. You just do something so insane that both sides have no choice but to be like, "Oh shit!" and just come together and figure out what the fuck happened. Let's see. Oh yeah, and, and like the whole time, we do get a scene cutting cutting away to Fuka, and we learn that like Fuka's been checking on Chad and is like trying to like you know maintain some sense of normalcy, even though she knows her brother and friends are fighting like in this war right now. Yeah, but F- Fuka's staying strong. Fuka, um, fight on, Fuka. Fight on, <laughs> Ganbate Fuka. Ganbate, the, I'm the I'm the 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 fake Japanese fisherman standing in the water, be like, fight, believe you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. But I found out that that was not actually like a, a Japanese fisherman. It was like a guy just doing like a, a thing. I was so heartbroken. I know. It's like is nothing sacred. Nothing is real. Can, who can you? It's very believable lie. Uh, who who would go on the internet and just tell a fucking lie like that? You think someone would do that? 
at one point we learned that Takagi's like been kind of ambushed on the field and everyone's worried and like asking us to get in a suit and like jet out. But we see uh, uh, Galen jets out in his, I think the suit's called a gay rail. Um, yes. He, he, he jets and he like just fucking bashes the uh, the SAU suit. And, yeah. Like, saves Takagi. Takagi's about to get killed. So many kids. <laughs> I get that it's just like a, I get this is just like it's just easy drama to manufacture. I just enjoy the number of times someone has been about to get completely wiped off the face of the fucking earth by, in a mobile worker by a mobile suit and then they get like smashed. Like one of these times, like I genuinely feel like like if I have to see any wind up to someone in a mobile worker getting blasted, like it does not feel like anything because like when Biscuit died, he was in a mobile worker getting blasted by a mobile suit, and that that uh-huh. just happened in like an instant. Like he just got fucking smashed. There was no like wind up on Carter's behalf. He was just like skirt. He was just, like drifting backwards, launched Orga off, and then just like Bleh! no wind up on Carter's part. Um, and so like at this point, anytime someone is like in the crosshairs of something, and there's like a any any wind up on there, and I'm like, okay, they're fine. They're, no one's dying on this one. Yeah, no, they're fine. They're fine. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Uh, will, I'm sure that theory will hold to the end of the series. <laughs> carving in the stone mm-hmm. uh so at one point gallon like gets a call after he saves takaki he gets a call from rudice saying that like yeah hey it's worked the hotarubi isn't allowed to land on earth uh and gallon loves this and he's like you know tekadon's just like dogs if you feed them and pat them on the head they'll roll over happily they're, they're puppy they're, like, they're puppy pilled they're puppy pilled they're just they're they're, they're little heckin puppers Especially Aston, all the human debris love that. Yeah, and just, oh god, just making my fucking blood steam. I hate Gallon so much. He's fun. He's a guy that sucks in a really fun way. He you lo- you love to hate him. A delectable guy to hate. Yeah, uh, he's also a, I like his character design too. He's a very nice bushy beard and a cool jacket. A great big bushy beard. Yar. <laughs> I don't know why I went pirate mode. Yeah, no, that's, that's the one piece in my brain. That, yeah, that's hot fuzz. But yeah, you're not you're not wrong. The- <laughs> do you think, do you think uh, I haven't seen that movie in like ten years? That's like, it's like an annual re- it's like an annual, if not more frequent, rewatch for me. Um all those Edgar Wright movies are damn good. I Hot Fuzz is the one that I've seen multiple No, I've seen Shaun of the Dead like twice, maybe. I've seen Hot Fuzz is mm-hmm. like Hot Fuzz is probably the movie I've seen the most times as no, Final Destination 3 is the movie I've seen the most times as a hey, Morgan, mm. have you seen Final Destination 3? We're watching Final Destination 3 tonight. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Morg just informed me that they have not seen Hot Fuzz either. Morg's Mor- 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 just chilling in here. Say, say hey, Morg. Oh, shout out. Hey. <laughs> just... Hi, Morg. Uh, <laughs> Max said hi. <laughs> okay, uh, How does this... So the episode's kind of winding down. Asin's talking to Takaki. Uh, this the reason, this like, scene all fucking this... rules. I love the scene of the two of them in the... Yeah, you you want to take it? I So there's just this scene of, of Asin and Takaki in their little tent. And there is, like, just the symmetry going on here. Like, I, I, I'm i noticing, like, this is, like, you know, baby's first cinematography to notice. But this is, like, there's, like, this really dividing line down the middle where they are, like, a reflection of the other. Like, there's a close-up on their two guns that are leaning up against one of, like, the supporting poles in the tent. And they're, like, a perfect mirror. Like, we see this shot, like, straight down the middle where, like, they're both their beds are in a perfect reflection. And the two of them are sitting, like, directly opposite each other. It's just phenomenally, like, like... I guess the cinematography is the word I'm looking for. There's a framing, I guess. The framing of it is just yeah, yeah, is just wonderful. And and there is this. There's this. Hold on, I'm trying to find where in my notes this is. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, yes. Okay. Um. 
they're they're trying to they're talking about like oh this something's di- uh, Asin's like I figured it out why it's different it's because Orga's not commanding us but that might not be it and um Takahi says like oh all I can do is kill or die for you again and Takahi's like don't fucking say that we choose to fight like he says yeah. he says of course working in Tekadon means risking our lives but I don't want you to accept death from the beginning which is like. There's this, this really good scene in Jujutsu Kaisen anime that I'm think that maybe this made me think about, which is have you you've seen Jujutsu Kaisen anime, right? Yes. This is the scene in the in the um in the uh 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 uh, uh, uh what the fuck uh, what the fuck is the name of the cursed painting womb like the last three episodes of the season um uh-huh. and where Gojo and it, there's like a flashback to Gojo talking to Fushiguro. This is like before he this is like right before he does Kamara Olive Garden for the first time. Um, and where Gojo is like, uh, you know, choosing to die for something and being willing to die for something are two completely different things and just like smacks him in the forehead. Uh, it's just, it's a good, it's a good scene. This reminded me of it. Uh, you know, like, like, like being, being like accepting that death is coming and going into it, expecting to die are two very different things. And Taki's like, get this through your thick fucking skull. Um, I, I, the Takaki says the Takaki throws up the biggest death flag I've ever fucking seen, which is if we follow Galen, we'll be able to win. We'll get to go back home soon. Let's live through this and go home together. Yeah, it's it's just like I'm I'm making the fucking Michael Scott face where he's just like all red, just like oh I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing under the giant the under the giant like wait 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 no 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 wait 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 no 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 um but yeah. Uh, McGillis launches. He's in his he's in his epic Carta suit that's now Ukraine colored. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Galen is like, oh, okay, McGillis has launched. I wanted to make this last year's Runer's reputation more, but Tekkenon, let's get going. Let's roll out. This is the last battle. Let's bathe in victory. And Takaki hops into the Landman Roadie, um, and it's the the episode ends with with them all riding off to the battle. And there's like a path. We see like this this like this broken down like like. Where like some where like maybe like a domicile used to be and like these this like patch of dead this like path of dead grass where they all like rode the mm-hmm. landman roadies on surrounded by the greenery and Takaki ends the episode by saying I I'm just being swept away and he's fucking dead next episode and I, my little guy my my, little fun, meow, my meow. funny little pudding head guy <laughs> yeah he got, he, he got that two tone hair he do little Takaki he's 15 years old he's not old enough for this yeah. Anyway, can't wait to have a great time with the next batch of episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My last note just says, I sure hope no one dies. Yeah. Hmm? Till then. <sighs> You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond to So I hear you got a little something. something. I got I, I I don't have a ton of roles for this because I could I didn't recognize too many names on here, but there are some bangers in here. So today Uh, I have chosen to talk about Ryota uh, Osaka Ryota, uh, a voice actor from from Tokushima Prefecture in Japan. He's affiliated with Early Wing, which is I like I like the name of that studio. Some of his some of his roles uh, include oh my god a guy named Seke Bronza sorry. Seke Bronzaza in Black Clover, which is just a great name. I don't know that character. That's a tr- that is a tremendous I name. I just wanted to say that name. Um, Marco Bots in Bad Anime Attack on Titan. Oh, I know Marco. Yeah, yeah okay. I also know Marco. I watched like five episodes of that show, and Marco is one of the few characters that I do know. Yeah, he like shows up right at the beginning. Uh, in Sword Art Online, he was a character named Red-Eyed Zaza. Um, Red-Eyed Zaza. In, in great vi- do I remember this for you? In great video game Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, he was the voice of Ryu. Oh, fuck yeah. In Ace of Diamond, he was Eijun Sawamura. In Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, he was Arata Arai. 
Okay, Yu-Gi-Oh! Love that. Love, love that card game. Yeah, I had to pull that one for you. Um, in Heaven's Design Team, he was Yokota, who I need to show you this character because he is so... Because f- do, you know do you know Heaven's Design Team? Do you know anything about that? Not aware at all. So Heaven's Design Team is just like this comedy uh, anime manga about uh, just like a handful of like angels up in heaven that just like are whose job it is who's full time well they're not angels they have been outsourced by god and the angels to design like creatures for earth um and it's just the mm-hmm. entire episode is like them being like okay so what if we made a creature that has like uh, a really thick outer shell like 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 eight like L, like uh like ripley has in alien and then like they do like a bunch of things like that and then it ends up being like oh they were talking about a simple lobster um, <laughs> it's a really funny show. It also has a, like a trans woman character in it who is just like, just like a slutting it up and B is completely unremarked upon. Um, which I was just, I was really happy about. Uh, she's, yeah. she's like, all, they're all named after plants and she was Venus, I believe. But Yokota is, he is, he is from hell. He's a normal guy. He's fine. He just wanted to come up and like, ha- he just wanted to grab a couple of designs for Satan because Satan needed some designs for monsters down there. Ooh. Um, he just looks like a fucking... <laughs> He looks like a human Digimon. Yes, black nail paint, like red bandaged arm, like torn lab coat, harn, like fucking BDSM harness. Purple yeah, like a eye Shibari patch. harness. Yes, long the, ass white hair. The purple eye patch with the purple fucking eyeshadow. Yes, absolutely. I love this, this dude. guy. This guy. Fucks. Heaven's Design Team is a great anime. I highly recommend it. Um, in Haikyuu, he was Keiji Akashi, Bokuto's friend. Okay. And lastly, <laughs> in JoJo's. <laughs> In Joseph's Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency, he was... Max, do you want to take one guess at this and then I'll tell you? I'm gonna take... So wait, wait, wait. What what, what, what Gundam voice was he? I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Hush Midi. This is Hush's voice. This is Hush Midi. This is, oh, this is Hush Midi. Yeah. Okay, okay. This is Bakugo. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um, this, th- I'm he, gonna... In Joseph's Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency, who do you think he voiced? <clears throat> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Was he... Was he Caesar? <laughs> he was Mark the Alive Nazi. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Then if you don't remember that character, that's fine. He was he was named once, and then uh the then the pillar men split him in half down the they, middle. They walked through him. They, Fuck yeah. Oh, uh, that rules. Max, who's your robot of the week? Uh well actually, Sarah, uh, I'm gonna take advantage of the, I'm gonna take advantage of the special situation we find ourselves in. Oh, Can you ask Morg? Morg, hey, come over to the microphone and tell everyone who your robot of the week is. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, put, put them on the spot. <laughs> okay. Bet, bet, bet they didn't think um, I'd do this. Um, Hi, Morg. Hey, let me... I'm going to say... You want a headphone? Sure. <laughs> Hi, Max. Um, Hi, Morg. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Gamma from uh, Sonic Adventure, because we just finished that game for Oh, uh, I Sonic love Gamma Travel. and his fun little bird. Yeah. He had the best, like... And most tragic ending of the game. So I was like, oh, this is darker than I was expecting for a Sonic yeah. game. <laughs> so My Gamma's cool. I love what Gamma a fun guy. This house. Can I also do a robot of the week just because I've been thinking there's one I've been thinking about? Yeah, why not? My robot, no the- rules. My robot of the week is gonna be Android 21 Lab Coat from Dragon Ball Fighter Z, just because she is yeah. she is like single-handedly ruining the game right now. Are you familiar with any of this, Max? <laughs> I, I played Fighters. Okay, but are you familiar with how this character... Like, uh, specifically, like... So, Android 21 is a character, but there's also Android 21 parentheses lab coat version. Yeah, lab coat's when she's wearing the red and blue checker and she yes. has, like, the human form. Yeah, yeah, sure. And she's got a completely different moveset. And one of these moves is also a level one super that reduces the opposing team's damage output for the rest of the match. 
What the? What? It's game breaking. That that doesn't seem right. No, it's game breaking to a point where she is like. There was a recent event where she was on every single team in the top eight. Like it's sure. <laughs> it's very funny. That's not so, great. so shout out, shout out to women. <laughs> shout out to women. <laughs> shout out to Android Twenty One. Yeah. Damn. Apparently, there's art of her without the lab coat, but still with the dress on, and like her arm wraps go like almost up to her shoulders, and like just her shoulders are. But this is kind of a cool. This is a kind of a fucking sick. Post look. that I'm shit. I want to see. Th- I, I want to see that. Look at look at this. Look at this look. Oh, they had to make sure that armpit pussy was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> All right. Counterparts. Android twenty one. Parentheses good. Android twenty one. Parentheses evil. Sure is. Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> love this shit. I love. I love. I love how fucking like in depth these wikis get. <laughs> okay, since he's part Majin. Under race, new type bio android, human type earthling, slash slay, and slash freezer race, slash Namekian, slash Majin hybrid. Thanks, Dragon Ball Wiki. <laughs> I'm not just dropping this out of nowhere. To be clear, the reason that I thought about this is because Morg talking about Omega and his bird made me think of Android 16 and his bird. Android, a- yeah, oh, it's the bird. A6, A16 was my fucking boy back when I played that game. Who, who was your who was your team? I'm, I, I, have we talked about this? Uh, it was a uh, 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 Piccolo. Mm-hmm. It was Piccolo, sixteen, and Trunks. Yeah. Oh God. I I really I I tried Trunks because like my my team was Beerus, sixteen, and uh, Goku Black, and I tried Trunks mm. because Beerus fucking sucks, and uh, I think yeah I think he has been like bottom three for that that game's entire like existence. Um. But also, I I love the I love the the gay the gay cap man. I can't resist. Um. He's he's just nice. Yeah, I tried to fit I tried to fit Trunks into there, but Trunks was I couldn't I couldn't get Trunks to work. Trunks is funky. Trunks has a little flippy. Yeah. He like I again I I think the reason I like him is because I'm not that I'm not as good enough at the game to like kind of like know when a character's good or bad. I just like pick the guys I like the most. Yeah. No. The thing is that like the thing is that like I'm also really not at that level. But the thing is that like Beerus is bad at a low level because you can't. There's like nothing mashable about him, and all of his projectiles suck yeah. ass, and anyone can punish you for doing anything. And he also sucks at a high level for this reason. Hmm. But he's a funny kitty he cat. He is a matters. funny kitty cat. He's also gay as hell. <laughs> mm, so true. Uh, and that'll do it for this week. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a yeah, robot sure. of the week, too. Let's get, we'll do a hat trick. My robot of the week is the Slaughter Spine from Horizon Forbidden West. I'm, let me Specifically... Let me Google this guy. Yeah, I'll see if I can find a good photo of it. Um, so I, I've been saying this to like everyone who will listen. Horizon Forbidden West did the thing that Jurassic Park 3 couldn't do and make a Spinosaurus more scary than a T-Rex. Because, like, you know the Thunder Jaws? Big guys shoot the discs at you, shoot some lasers at yeah, you. Yeah, I'm familiar. Sla- slaughter Spines will charge their entire body with, like, electric plasma and shoot literal fucking hyper beams at you the entire fight. Hell yeah. Diaper beam. And they're, like measure diaper beam they're measurably larger than the thunder jaws are too they're like fucking they're motherfucker unlimited they look so badass too i love them. large guy but very big large but huge that's a friend that i, I know you, i know that, you said that's menacing friend. but that to me that is a friend oh it's it's a friend you can you know you can hack a machine you can get them on your team it is a friend but when they're not a friend ooh, tough time tell you what yeah uh and that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess time for plugs. Sarah, where can we find you on the You can internet? check me out on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. You can listen to a bunch of other podcasts that I do, most of which which are between episodes right now because I have had a, you know, I explained the whole shindig at the top. So, you know, fear baiting's coming back in, a, in, in hopefully like a month or so. Hopefully I'm looking at like maybe a June for that one. Um... 
which reminds you, I gotta like reach out to everyone who I had to nix an appearance on because I had to recancel the show. I digress. Um, yeah, Fear Baiting Horror Movie Podcast, The Wonder Years Animorphs Podcast, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Leftism Podcast, and Forward Forward ReZero, uh, 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 ReZero Podcast. I forgot the, the name of the podcast, the name of the anime is in the title, and I forgot the fucking name of the anime. ReZero Podcast is what I do with. Person in the room with me right now, Morgan, girlfriend of the mean Eve. Um, and I uh, also special grid snacks, Jujutsu Kaising podcast. If you want to, if you want to learn more Jujutsu about the things Kaising. that we talked about in this episode regarding Jujutsu Kaising, go there. Yeah. Real. You can measure success as a podcaster by how many other podcasts you have to reference for people to understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's high level play. One, one of these days, I'm just gonna drop John Hurt's squirt shirt on this podcast and make someone listen to like fucking episode, like whatever, like episode 32 of Fear Baiting when we talked about Alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me casually saying Ron Obelisk to anyone who will listen. <laughs> Ronald Obelisk. <laughs> My uncle Ron Obelisk. Mm-hmm. Um,. And I'm Max. You can find me on Twitter, Max Bajillion. You can listen to my other podcasts, one of which is Pot of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp. Uh, there's an episode in there called Raw and Obelisk, and what happened is I said Raw and Obelisk, but I slurred my words a little bit, and it sounded like Raw and Obelisk, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And you can also listen to Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. Uh, episode will be out whenever, because uh, Jordan's very, very busy. So we just got to, we, we're, we're chilling for a little bit. And you know what? That's fine, because content... Sometimes sleeps. Content must sleep sometimes. Um, and also thank you to Matt GameCube, our friend who runs noisepace.xyz Podcast Network. All of our shows are on it. Many more shows are on it. You can listen to listen to Podcasting's Forbidden the Cloud Recesses about about Modao Zushi. You can listen to Zero to Zero. They just finished watching The Suicide The Squad. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows on there. Give it give it a give it a give it a check it out. Noisepace.xyz Yeah. Um Shouts out Matt GameCube. And finally as Matt Gabe, you thank you so they much. And finally, as we always say. As we always say. <laughs> as we always say, uh, war's bad, Sarah. Wow, wow. Cool fucking robot, though. Cool fucking robot. Uh, see you next week. Bye.